Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to one of our special podcasts rounding out 2022 as we look through some of the highlights of the year that you are voting for in the Motorsport Magazine Awards. I'm Chris Medland and to look back on some of the best overtakes of the year, I'm joined by a driver who knows just how skilled you have to be to pull off these moves and a commentator who has only got a slightly easier task of calling them. It's Jack Aitken and Alex Jakes. Hello, guys. Hello. Hello there. Now... Jack, such a busy racing driver that I've introduced you at, that uh, you've been driving in the States and are joining us from afar right now, aren't you? Yeah, there definitely wasn't late for this podcast. Um, <laughs> but it's, uh, my, my excuse is that I was driving deep into the night last night, doing a lot of laps, uh, testing the, the, the new Cadillac. I've got to get this right. The LMDH car, which is uh, it's pretty exciting. Very cool for you to get over there and do that, but that's a, a new category for you, isn't it, to get stuck into? It is, yeah. It's um, going to be my first time in the top class with the, the new LMDH cars and uh, first time racing in, in IMSA in America, which everyone has, has told me that I need to do because it's the, some of the best sports car racing in the world. Um, so I'm pretty pretty excited for that. Well, you're also in a very cool venue, uh, calling in from Daytona. Now, I'm going to throw to not quite Daytona. Alex, <laughs> where are you joining us from an, to uh, go through the best race of the season? absolute slight on West London, that is. Eh? Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, uh, not quite as glamorous as, as Jack's venue. But yeah, delighted to be with you guys. Well, um, I, I mean, I'm West London too. So, I mean, it's I, it's a slight on us both. But uh, what have you been up to since the uh, season wrapped? Do you get a bit of time off? Yeah, get a bit of time off uh, away from the sound of my own voice, uh, which is quite a good thing. Um, another really exciting season of, of Formula One, Formula Two, um, uh, W Series for the races that they were able to run. And uh, before you know it, it's disappeared in the blink of an eye. And we're, we're in the off season talking about overtakes and, and counting down the days to it all starting again. Yeah, certainly are counting down the days, but we're also counting down the days to the vote ending. Because uh, I'm going to run through the shortlist in a second that our listeners and readers are voting on uh, for the Motorsport Magazine Awards. And this podcast, as you may well have guessed, is about the best overtake of the season. Now, chronologically, so I'm not trying to sway anyone's opinion here. Chronologically, the shortlist is as follows. And this was put together by the team uh, here at Motorsport Magazine. So uh, this part, don't blame me. I didn't get a full say in this. I I'm contributed, but it's not all my fault. Uh, so chronologically, the first uh, overtake is Lewis Hamilton on Sergio Perez and Charles Leclerc at Silverstone. Then we've got Daniel Ricciardo on Fernando Alonso and Esteban Ocon in Hungary. We've also got Charles Leclerc on Sergio Perez at Circuit of the Americas in Austin. And also from that race, Sebastian Vettel on Kevin Magnussen. So, Jack, I'll start with you. Your thoughts on those four. Sound like a strong shortlist or are you seeing any glaring errors? 
No, it's a, it's a strong shortlist. Um, and what I like is actually that there's a few, it kind of depends what your criteria are for, for best overtake, um, what your perspective is, because uh, I've got my ideas about what should make it worthy a winner. Technical issues, sorry. Um, <laughs> it, my, my sort of criteria would be along the lines of how difficult the overtake is to pull off, uh, which is, you know, maybe an obvious one, but um, it's only one part of it. Um, maybe the, the inventiveness of said move, you know, is it a fairly run-of-the-mill um, lunge and it's just, it's just been really well executed or have they done something that's a bit different and it's maybe at a circuit where you, you wouldn't be able to normally or, or expect a move to, to happen. And um, then the final thing, which kind of springs to mind with um, the overtake for maybe Vettel or Magnussen and Hamilton on um, on his two is um, the kind of soft factors like how how cool was it in the moment you know it was in, was it in front of a home crowd was it on the last lap was it for the win because uh, those are kind of important in my opinion as well and you've got a, a bit of a mix there so it's, it's nice oh brilliantly put I was going to say what do you think Alex like any more to add than that? <laughs> no, I think I think it's a very good point. You've got the you've got the top the context of how big a moment it was. You've got um, how inventive they were, how brave. I think bravery in an overtake is always one that that suckers you in for for picking a favourite. But there there have been a lot of great moves. There are you could easily have a short list that included. I think you know Hamilton, Perez, and Leclerc were always going to be thrown in there. But I think the other three maybe weren't guaranteed. We've seen some uh, some excellent overtakes all the way through this year. Um, so yeah, I think you could. I think you could have almost an entirely different shortlist, but that that just tells you how many great moves have been this season. Yeah, it's been very exciting. But those are the four that you can all go and vote for at motorsportmagazine.com. Uh, there are loads of others we could have had. Most of them that spring to mind include Max Verstappen and Charles Leclerc. There was. Uh, Max on Charlotte Imola was a really nice move around the outside into the first chicane. Then there was Charles returning the favour in Austria into turn four that I thought was great. Yeah. Or all the times they swapped positions in the first two races. Uh, as I described it uh, to someone the other day, it was Max on Charles on Max on Charles on Max <laughs> on Charles on Max at Bahrain. Um, but yeah, we've got these four. And we're going to start with the earliest one on the shortlist uh, that you both already referenced just now. More an opportunist move than anything else from Lewis Hamilton, but he was in the right place to take advantage of Leclerc and Perez's scrap at Silverstone. So, Jack, what do you make of, of that sort of portion of racing, I guess? It's uh, it's a move that takes a lot of um, sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You have to have really good understanding of what's happening in front of you with, with your opponents. When you see two cars fighting like that, and trying to read the race and see what's going to unfold because it, he makes it look quite quite simple and you know picks his moment to to obviously pounce and um, waits for them to lose momentum and get a really good exit through club and you know keep it tight on on the way through the, the very last corner. But um, he could have easily stuck his nose in a corner too early and wasted the opportunity. Um, because they were very, very slow through the first part of club as well. Um, but he waited to make sure that the move would stick. And the other thing is that into that final corner at Silverstone, which is flat out, but it is it is a corner, um, you, you're never really sure if the guy on the outside has seen you. It, it feels like a very 
uh, risky place to, to put your nose in unless you're fully alongside. And there would have been an element of um, of that running through his mind um, when he was tr- trying to pull up alongside with the extra speed that he had. But he stuck with it, and and well, he was racing against some high class, world class drivers. So of course, they did see him, and it all worked out very well. I mean, Alex, I imagine a big part of why this is a favourite for some people is the atmosphere and drama of it all as well. It must have been a lot of fun to commentate on. It's the loudest I've ever heard a crowd in a, in a commentary box, ever. It was, it, was, it was shout to hear yourself think loud. It was that big. Um, yeah, incredible moment. A part, of a, a part of a flurry of racing, like some of the best Formula One wheel-to-wheel racing that we've seen in years. Um, and yeah, the, 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 it's, it's part of the moment, isn't it? Because the, the, the overtake is give me a little insight behind the scenes going into, uh, go, going into Vale, uh, DC, David Coulthard just tapped Hamilton on the screen. So he saw the whole thing happening before it happened, uh, which I think speaks to the experience that Jack was talking about. And the fact that you've got to have, have a lot of experience, um, Perez and Leclerc focusing on themselves. Leclerc obviously at the tyre disadvantage. Perez scrapping. And Perez isn't really known as an overtaker. It's also worth saying that he isn't really famed for that in his Formula 1 career. So um, incredible ba- battle. But yeah, just to just to get that high camera angle and um, yeah, just the cut and the crowd noise. And it's, it's an almost perfect Formula 1 moment. Now, are we going to ignore the fact that Perez cut the apex in the middle of it here we go to try and get this to happen i mean should this lose it points should it make it better because we're like gloves are off and you can do what you want uh, i'm gonna go with jack as the uh, if if you were probably in perez's car i bet you're saying oh it was brilliant uh if you're in the clerks you're probably saying well he's cheating yeah yeah exactly <laughs> i mean <laughs> I, I think I probably would side with Leclerc. I mean he, he was off the track <laughs> um but yeah it's uh they, they did have a massive sausage curb um, exactly where Perez put his car until about a couple of years ago um, for that reason, I guess. But um, he took advantage of all the track and more. I don't think it should detract from the overtake because, um, you know, that actually the, the battle between and Perez and Leclerc isn't really what we're looking at. It's, it's like we say, it's Hamilton's reading of the situation and being able to pull that off and, and doing it in front of his home crowd and, and the, the atmosphere really, I think, really adds to, to the overtake. So I, I think that's fine. I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, I mean, Alex, you're nodding along. I get the feeling that I'm being an absolute party pooper if I say that that should really come into the thinking. <laughs> it, it would have been, been brave and it would have melted Twitter if they'd applied any penalties for that move. I think the one thing against uh, this being overtake of the year is I'm not even sure it's the best overtake in that race. Ooh. I think Charles Ooh. Leclerc around the outside of Hamilton at Cops Corner, amid that flurry of action, I think that's a better overtake. But uh, it's uh, it's not as iconic because it doesn't come equipped with the crowd noise and the, and the wonderful pictures. Like every every cut of the TV broadcast was perfect. The racing was broadcast. The cars looked so good through that corner anyway um, that it's Leclerc and Hamilton is not a bigger moment, but I think it's possibly a better overtake. I like that. That's what we're here to do, is to basically argue against every single one of the four chosen <laughs> overtaking moves that you're all voting on. But um, no, we're, we're not here to pick a favourite out of them. We are here to talk through them on their merits, and then maybe I'll put the guys on the spot at the end. But moving on to Hungary then, a few races later, 
And Daniel Ricciardo didn't have much to get excited about in 2022, but this was a sweet move. Ocon came out of the pits on hard tyres ahead of Alonso, who had been holding Ricciardo off after they made their pit stops. Ricardo was on mediums, Alonso was also on hards, and the two Alpines were kind of more preoccupied with each other, and Ocon, defending the inside line in turn three, forced both a little wide, and Ricardo had seen it coming. So he was down the inside of both, and then swept across Ocon into turn four to complete the move. So a lot went on, but again, it was two in one. Was it heads-up driving, Jack? Yeah, it's it's kind of in this very similar category to um, to the move we just talked about for Lewis, and reading the situation when you have a car coming out from pit lane you always know that okay that they have hot tires in formula one straight away but um it takes a, a a corner or two for the driver to figure out the grip level that they've got with those new tires and Ocon obviously saw that those guys were close to him you covered the line and that immediately puts you on the back foot he was all eyes on alonso and uh, ricardo just kind of sat back and waited for his moment in a similar fashion to, to lewis and you know that really you, the first two corners are the the only place that you can overtake on um, on Budapest. And um, he had to get the move done before turn five, which is um, you know, a seriously fast corner and not somewhere you really want to go side by side. Um, and he just he was clinical about it in, the, in turn two and turn three. It was good to see him showing some fight, uh, wasn't it? In what's been a tough season, Alex. I mean, especially against a team that McLaren are battling for P4. And... It was such a tough season for Ricardo that I don't think our listeners will be alone if they don't remember this move because I had to remind both of you uh, of the move before we did the podcast. But similarly, I had to uh, like double check it. it. It was a great one, but it doesn't just come to mind straight away. Yeah, uh, not not at the very front. And if you think of Daniel Ricardo's Formula One career, you think of bold moves often for podium positions and for race wins. But um, yeah, thank you for that loyalty, uh, informing everyone that we'd, <laughs> that we'd forgotten this one. But it is, it is worthy of being in there. Um, he does get a little bit of help that the Alpine situation was, uh, was boiling over slightly, but great positional uh, awareness from Ricardo and a lovely reminder. I think this one is almost a nice throwback um, as were his moves in Mexico. Just a nice throwback to remind us how good an overtaker he was. Um, and as Jack pointed out, there's there's only a few corners you can do that in Budapest. So uh, he, he had a narrow window to get it done. And if you don't get that done immediately, that's uh, that's a race ruiner. Well, it's like, like uh, Christmas, for, for his, Christmas for his engineer, who is, you know, it's painful to get past one car at uh, Budapest, but to get two and one is just, <laughs> they would have been overjoyed, I think, so. Yeah, I don't think the strategy went brilliantly for him after that point. So that might be another reason people forget it, because I don't think the end result meant Ricardo was talking about it too much. But um, I guess in a sense, Alex, that actually uh, comes back to what you said about the Hamilton move at Silverstone, that other factors on top of the move itself sometimes then, is taint the right word, uh, how we look at an overtaking move? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you have to you have to take it in the context of what did it mean for everyone's race? What did it what did it mean in maybe the context of, of the year? Um, but yeah, I, I think it's I think it's worthy of being included though because uh, it's never a bad day when you're talking about a Daniel Ricciardo overtake. So it's a fine example of his skill. But as you say, what it meant for the race, Ricciardo finished that race. 15th in the end because uh, he, he, he got a five second time penalty that demoted him from 13th to 15th uh, Alonso and Ocon ended up 8th and 9th so uh, it was a it was a great move I guess in a car that wasn't going to finish ahead of them uh, the way Ricardo was struggling with it that day so 
uh, maybe more impressive for that reason. But uh, it was good to see that from Ricardo. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. So now we're heading to Austin for the last two. Uh, and we're going to start with one that was very much at the front of the field. Uh, this this one I like because it's a bit of a classic. Uh, a lunge on the brakes into turn 12 from the clerk on Perez as they fought hard over third place at the time. Now, Alex, Charles looked so far back trying to make this one stick. Really had to force his car into a gap that was closing or threatening to close. Um, we've really seen some great racecraft from him this year, haven't we? Yeah, some wonderful... Of course, you think of his season, and the record books will show it was more about Saturday than Sunday for Charles Leclerc. But you're absolutely right, Chris. His racecraft has been phenomenal. The car positioning has been excellent. Um, i got to say, this was such a late-breaking move. I would love to know whether he believed he was going to make the corner. I think there might have been a little bit of surprise when he, was, uh, he wasn't all over the uh, the runoff on the on the exit because it is it is almost daftly late um and a, a thriller to the inside maybe surprised surprised himself but yeah phenomenally rewarding overtake that and jack this one came after the clerk had tried down the outside but run wide just a lap before uh, Perez had kind of you know covered the inside line now what's the mindset for a driver here like is it as simple as going that didn't work I'll try the opposite next time it can be. I mean, it's definitely part of the equation. Um, but but really, I think he just would have been trying to react to what Perez is doing and and keep his his uh, an open mind to whether it was outside, inside, getting him on the entry, getting a good exit for the following sequences, because we saw a lot of cars running uh, side by side for the next uh, two, three, four corners. So we'll talk about it in a minute. But um, it, it's it's the kind of section of track where a move can can take a long time to complete um but he obviously saw the opportunity was catching him in the toe all the way down that massive straight and perez was you could see in the body language of the car that he's kind of in two minds about defending and he starts to drift over and he's like surely he's not going to go from there i'm probably safe but i'll wait no he's going and starts going further and further to the inside and from leclerc's point of view 
you're like he's left the door open i'm gonna set, i'm gonna go for it and uh, at some point you have to roll off the brake to get that extra speed to get alongside perez and and then you're committed you know if if perez chooses to keep coming across uh, you're in for an accident and luckily they they're both aware enough of what's happening that that doesn't happen perez leaves him the space just enough space and then the final challenge as you say is that he had to stop the car before that runoff area because we saw a lot of people running wide there and falling foul of track limits and he just keeps his inside wheels on that white line so it was a an, an excellent overtake from the point of view of precision bravery and uh, a fairly classic move like you say but but yeah just executed to the highest level is there a little bit of it that's sweeter for a driver as well when it's against someone that in the wider context of a championship you are fighting with because obviously Perez and Leclerc were battling over second overall definitely and Leclerc had quite a busy race as well because he had a few battles with uh, Verstappen uh, and some pretty good moves within that as well from both drivers so he, he, it was a pretty feisty race for him and uh, whether it was Verstappen or Perez, I think both uh, Red Bulls, he, he was pretty, he will go in thinking that he, he has to finish ahead of them in the, in the championship battle. So that would have been in his mind as well and would have added to why it was such a risky move that he, he attempted in the end because he, he wouldn't have attempted that for a, um, a less valuable position, for example. Yeah, well, we're, we're going to stay in Austin for the final move on the shortlist uh, because it was an epic race. Um, and I'll admit, this is my personal favourite uh, from the shortlist. It's a great move across a couple of corners from Sebastian Vettel on Kevin Magnussen. Now, the final lap, Vettel is recovering from a slow pit stop earlier on. He pulled a similar move around the outside of Alex Albon at turn 18 a few laps earlier. But that was more simple, I'd say, than this one, given the pace differential between the two. He's out of shape at times to stay alongside Magnussen on the final lap and can he can hold on to and complete the move down the inside of the penultimate corner and then has to defend at the last corner as well. I mean, Alex, last lap fights like this, they're just awesome, aren't they? It's why we love it, Chris. It's why we love it. It's quite a strange one as well because you've gone through... Yeah, Verstappen's crossed the line. So you've had the winning moment and all the fireworks have gone off and there's a huge cheer. And this is almost a bonus. Right, right at the end, it's the final cherry on top. Um, the fact it's against a notorious defender as well in Kevin Magnussen, who is not afraid to throw an elbow. Um, he, he's giving him the respect there. And yeah, just fantastic all the way through. There's a wonderful moment where Vettel gets a, has to correct at such high speed that if, if that goes wrong, he's spearing off the track. So there's that element of bravery uh, involved in it as well. And he was he was always going to make that move. You would, have, you would have bet every penny you have that he was going to force his way by. And it was great to watch. I did love that moment where he's out of shape because like you say, it showed just how on edge he was at that time. But put us in your shoes briefly in that kind of moment. Because as you say, you're probably thinking of the lines you're delivering as Verstappen wins and Red Bull took the Constructors' Championship at that moment. Yeah. Are you still aware of what might be going on or does a does a director suddenly say to you or you see a picture and suddenly go, oh, crikey? No, you're, 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 looking, at the, you're looking at the live gaps and you're aware. Uh, so I knew there'd be a chance that, uh, to be honest, I thought he'd just line him up at the, at the final corner, but that wouldn't have been anywhere near as fun. Um, cause, and, and I think in my head, I was like, if we'll see that it will be a block pass at the final corner type deal. 
Um, but <laughs> then you, yeah, you've done all the celebration. It's a total bonus because you're right. Yeah, you are. You are thinking about okay, gotta gotta get that constructors line out. We've got that great. We've heard some team radio from Max, and then oh, okay, we're we're gonna reboot into the into the battle. And you're just a fan at that point because you just you don't really mind who's ahead. You're just enjoying the thrill of two brilliant drivers going wheel to wheel. And I think it also to, we've talked a lot about context in this. The fact that we were enjoying Sebastian Vettel's skills in the final races as well of his Formula One career, I think heightened it as well. Well, it, it wasn't just us because Jack, even Magnuson said afterwards, and here's a plug for my US radio show that I host, but I interviewed him on uh, Sirius XM in the post-race show. And, and Kevin said it was a privilege to be involved in that fight, even if he was angry at himself, he used more colourful language, uh, for losing out. I mean, just how good it was at, well, just how good was it from a driving perspective? Yeah, when you when you when the other driver is saying, "Yeah, that was a good move," you, you know that they've done well. <laughs> um, I mean, he clearly enjoyed it. it. It's a move that took a uh, a long time to complete, as we referenced just pre- uh, talking about the previous. I would say, going through that section, the corners kind of double back on each other many times over. Um, even after that long, long right hander, where we had the you know the, that great TV shot of the two cars going side by side at such high speed uh, you're then into a, a left-hander to fish uh, to kind of finish the move and um, it's it takes a lot of skill to run side by side not just at that speed but for that long uh, on tires that are screaming enough at the end of the race and you know you're pushing them to the absolute limit as we saw with, with Seb's uh, little moment and things are overheating and that makes it so easy to to get a little bit wide and you know, half a meter in these situations could spell disaster. So the fact that they were both able to get through cleanly for, for that long is really impressive. And that's probably what, what Kevin was referring to. Um, but of all the moves that we're talking about, I think this is not just in terms of uh, the context, which I agree with Alex. It, it's, it was great to see Seb firing on all cylinders, but it was just the most impressive move from a, uh, a driver's point of view, because the, the current cars have a lot of downforce, but to go side by side around the outside of that, uh, what, what's the turn number? Just so that people think I'm knowledgeable. Turn 16, 21. 17, 18. 16, yeah, exactly, that one. <laughs> <laughs> to go side by side around the outside on the dirty part of the track at such high speed in that corner, uh, I cannot stress how difficult and how much of a risk that is. I think we did see other people trying to go side by side through there previously in the race. So it clearly could be done, but it, it's it's a massive risk. You know, you're going into uncharted territory at such high speed. You don't know if there are big bumps in that part of the track. You don't know if there's been a lot of marbles and dust and dirt out there that you haven't experienced before. And the consequences are huge. You know, you, you know, it's, a, it's a straight crash. It's not like um, with the previous... Uh, move where Charles, if he overshoots, you know, maybe you're going off track limits, maybe you lose the place anyway, but it's time like runoff and it's low speed and you just carry on. Um, so the the speed factor definitely makes this one stand out for me a little bit. And um, yeah, it was the last lap as well, which always adds a little bit to the thrill, doesn't it? Oh, big time. Can I ask you then, how brave was Seb, given the context that he's on the outside of Magnussen, who is Alex has referenced can be very, very robust. But also, Magnussen was trying to stretch a one-stop out, was on even older, more worn tyres, I guess more at risk of of kind of having a moment on the inside. So 
like how brave do you have to be and how much faith are you putting into the the driver on the inside of you 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 have to be pretty brave <laughs> it's um, <laughs> i mean it's it's a mutual thing again you know seb would have known the situation that um that kevin was in with his tires and that you know he, there is a risk that the car is going to be moving around a little bit more and especially when you're the driver on the outside and you've got your wheels either alongside or ahead you have a bit of a responsibility as well to to not squeeze them too much and understand the limits of their car because uh, if seb had just tried to turn across him too early in, in 16 17 18 um kevin wouldn't have been able to do anything you know he would have just understood and gone into the side of him and that would have been it uh, and likewise kevin for keeping his nose in for as long as he did fighting until the bitter end really <laughs> he, he really didn't want to give up that place but ultimately had to and um, that took a lot of skill to manage on on very old tires well alex jack has kind of singled that one out as his favorite of the four and i've kind of done the same <laughs> is it yours or have you got a different one no i i think on the short list um for the context of where it is in Sebastian Vettel's career and after a couple of years in the doldrums for him to see him fighting and, and producing an overtake like that. Yeah. I, I think the high speed aspect as well, as, as Jack said, the, the bravery involved there. Um, and given it was against Magnussen, who we've seen put some interesting moves on in the past, brilliant to see wonderful wheel to wheel stuff and yeah, deserves its place. I think as the overtake of the year. Well, there you have it three votes from us but listeners you don't have to agree with us uh you've got four options there for overtake of the year in 2022 and you can head over to motorsportmagazine.com to cast your vote and if you disagree with us go and do it do it now because um otherwise we might have just swayed too many people uh but don't aim your anger at me uh, or alex or jack uh if you don't agree with the shortlist like i said it was a it was a group effort but my thanks to both jack aitkin and alex jakes for joining us keep an eye out for more special episodes wherever you get your podcasts from and now get voting As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 